thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to Back Chat, exploring the five pillars of health, thinking, moving, eating, sleeping, and also your neurology with Dr. Paul Bergamo and Dr. Bianca Dobson. Welcome to Back Chat. My name is Paul Bergamo, and it's great to be here in our next podcast. Back Chat is about being your best. It does this by exploring the five pillars of health. It refers to being your best in thinking, moving, eating, sleeping, and also in your neurology. Today's back chat will cover the pillar of eating, and we'll discuss a non-drug natural approach to those suffering from headaches. Come today, as always, for Health Podcasts. It's a great pleasure to introduce my fellow chiropractor and co-host, Bianca Dobson. Hey, Bianca, how are you going? I'm good, Paul. I'm good. How are you? Very good. Now, really fascinating today with our health expert, because we've talked previously on health podcasts around sort of the physical side associated with headache with doctors Tushin, Jal, Watson and more. And today we're going to look at a different aspect, aren't we? I'm really, I can't wait to speak to our guest today because, yeah, we've really covered so much with headaches, but we haven't covered this. But I'm really, I'm really keen to hear. Exactly. And, and it's, it's, you know, there's certain things we can't change. We can't change our uh, family history, genetics, et cetera, but we can sort of change triggers like what we're going to be talking about to tonight in, in regards nutrition and nutritional impacts. So today our spe- special guest on Backchat is Dr. Christabel Yeo. Christabel is a medical practitioner who's been a GP since 99 and now specialised in the area of nutrition and environmental medicine since 2006 with a special interest in nutrition and gut-brain health. She's currently in full-time clinical practice, medical director of the Next Practice Gene, Gene Biome, an integrative practice in Edgecliff, Sydney, with a team-based care of multiple modalities are integrated to, to provide optimi- optimized health outcomes and information can be gained from this by checking her website out genebiome.nextpracticehealth.com just to say that Christabel's not busy enough she's actually also currently on the board of directors and the chair of ACNAM the Australasian College of Nutrition and Environmental Medicine the oldest and most established organization bringing neural nutritional environmental education awareness to doctors and health care healthcare practitioners around the country. Hi, Christabel. How are you going? Hey, Paul. Hey, Bianca. I'm good. Very good. And congratulations on everything you've done with your career and all the all the roles you have. I, I'm not sure. Is, is 168 hours a week enough for you? or? <laughs> oh, yeah, just about. <laughs> yeah, it's been... Um, it's been a whiz-bang, non-stop fun. <laughs> Fantastic. That's the way it's supposed to be, Christabel, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Christabel, could I ask to, to start things off, what's the difference between your functional approach versus a medical approach of looking at the body overall? Well, um, you know, most of us in the area of functional medicine know that we look for the root causes and we don't want to stop at just treating symptoms or dealing with the downstream consequences of pathology. And, of course, we have to cover the basic pathology and do what we need to do as medical doctors, but functional uh, medicine practitioners will go further to really look for um, root causes and of course acute medical care is just great at rapidly addressing something that's gone wrong but the trouble is in medicine today we're dealing really with a larger um, and much more pertinent burden of chronic diseases so a lot of practitioners like us were really looking to understand the myriad of mechanisms of 
what's gone wrong, really, just to not only reverse it, but to prevent it. Fantastic. And, and Christabel, is this, a, is this an evolving and growing trend now with GPs starting to look perhaps more at nutrition environmental medicine? Is that something that's developing? Uh, yeah, certainly it is a, an increasing trend, I'm really pleased to say. Well, our college acronym's been around 30 years and, and you know, all that time ago, there were not that many doctors interested in nutrition and environmental medicine. But in my opinion, there's still not enough now. Um, but yeah, definitely more and more interested in understanding the lifestyle aspects of healthcare. And the thing is, you know, how can you not when you look around today and you realize that much of chronic disease is somehow related to um, an aspect of food, a lifestyle, an aspect of our you know, environment. So, yeah, it's getting better. Bianca, don't you think that's something that's important to know that, you know, amongst our community, we've got some integrated GPs who have been medically trained but also have these further skill set that can help with complicated cases but also look at it from perhaps a natural angle, which is sort of complementary to what we do as chiropractors as well. Oh, it's absolutely vital. And I think the clients that we see in our chiropractic offices, Paul, they're demanding more as well. You know, they come to us as a primary health care, but there are we need complementary support. So I, I, I love that, um, Christabel, the way you're explaining the root cause, you know, that's really, oh, it's so refreshing to hear that. Yeah, certainly. Can I turn to uh, headaches now, if we could? Determining the cause of chronic headaches and migraines, Christabel, it can be like finding a needle in a haystack sometimes. Um, what's your general approach in assessment of these types of cases? Um, yeah, it can be definitely like finding a needle in a haystack. And I think <laughs> um, the best approach is really just a very uh, logical common sense one and then building up to understanding where the complexity may be. Um, so, of course, like with all all um, healthcare practitioners, we always take a good long case history, you know, to start with. And, you know, headache is a real sensory experience for the patient. So um, I really like to get a good sense of what the experience is like for a patient and headaches not just headaches like what kind of headache you know how what you know what's happening why does it happen why how does it happen what were they doing uh what were they eating drinking thinking smelling <laughs> what were they feeling you know you, you want to know what are all of the sensory inputs and um i see food really as a sensory input as well you know to the enteric nervous system so yeah a good case history um the context in which the uh, headache is occurring um you know and then comparing against other contexts because there's different types of headaches um yeah so a full environmental history of um just Everything, like I said, what they eat, drink, smell, you know, the lights that they see, the sounds they could hear, um, all of that makes a difference. So in your investigations, Christabel, with regards perhaps some of the most common physical and environmental factors from your experience that you've seen broadly with headaches, can you share those with our audience? 
Yeah. So with um, uh, with physical factors as well, you know, um, a lot of people may not have thought of some really basic things. So we just go right back to checking everything. So a physical level, is it blood sugar, hypoglycemia? You know, they got swinging blood sugar because they're either not eating enough or eating too many high carbohydrate foods. Um, is it dehydration, you know, not drinking enough water or good quality water? Um, is it, um, yeah, heat, temperature, barometric pressure? Uh, is it hormones? Is it a particular part of the menstrual cycle, uh, perhaps related possibly also to, to stress hormones? And then there are the nutrient-related deficiencies, you know, mineral deficiencies, magnesium, uh, sodium, potassium, just minerals, basically. And the lack of good minerals makes those, makes people quite acidic. So, you know, then other uh, physical factors to think about, blood flow. Um, and then oh, there's so many categories. I might be jumping around a bit. Then, <laughs> then there are reactions from chemicals and foods and these could be the actual food like cow's milk protein you know nuts uh, or it could be a food chemical which i think is much more common so the food chemicals might be food phenolics salicylates histamines caffeine so where it's more like the burden of these uh chemicals um triggering the, the headaches and then it could be anything going up the nose, meaning triggering the olfactory nerve, um, and that smells, you know, all sorts of smells, scents, perfumes, and then unfortunately smellless things as well, like mycotoxins from mold, um, you know, and um, and then you might think, well, food like salicylates, phenolics, histamines aren't actually really poisonous, but some people just have that really upregulated neuro excitatory pathways but so we ask a lot about that but then some things are actually poisonous that you would ask for as well like carbon monoxide you know gas or smoky fire or petrol or diesel um, mercury lead um, solvents formaldehyde <laughs> so the environmental list really just goes on um, and and I just have an environmental um, medicine questionnaire so people have to like tick and think of all these things because I can't remember it all of this in my anyway. <laughs> I was going to say to Bianca, I mean, I'm not sure how long Christabel's initial consultation is, it might be four hours, um, just in the, just the history examination process, but I'm sure you use procedures to uh, to uh, help with time, the questionnaire, yeah. etc. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. It's thorough. It's thorough. It's That's right. It's, it's very thorough. It is. No, it is. It's excellent. It is, it is very thorough. And when you go to an environmental medicine doctor, yeah, people get, uh, sometimes they get put off by all the questions, but, um, you know, it's part of it's part of the work, I guess. And Christopher, just yeah. a follow-up, just a quick follow-up. On, you said mold. Is that something that you've found more prevalent nowadays as, as a causative component? associated with a lot of people, not just headaches, but fatigue and other conditions? Because you look at sometimes the way houses are built so quickly as well. Their their processes of actually, you know, they're getting built in three months to six months sort of time periods and 
that their uh, their system is just providing a great atmosphere for for uh, for uh, detoxifying uh, organisms. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the the, the mold thing is really really common. I think um, on the central coast uh, where I've worked as well, and in Sydney, and I think it's just the humidity and the weather. You know, um, it's not like so cold that you need the heating on all the time to dry out the air and it's not so hot that you need the aircon on all the time to dry out the air and once you've got humidity more than 60% then um, it's just party time for mold growth and what you were saying Paul absolutely like that if you've got MDF and all this um, particle board kind of furniture and, and um you know, building materials. It's like eating um, McDonald's chips for the mold. Yeah. Um, they just chomp, chomp through it real fast rather than having like a nice big piece of solid timber which the mold can't basically yeah. eat up and keep and grow right through. So, mm. yeah, big, big problem. Yeah. Wow. So, Christabel, I guess that's some of the, you know, common biological factors associated with headaches. Could you touch on some of the social factors that you also see with your practice? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, biological factors definitely mold and the other things are saying, but also what I haven't um, mentioned so far would be pathogens. So um, viruses, uh, bacteria, mostly it's viruses and very small bacteria like intracellular um Stealth pathogens, some people call it. Um, basically, they can just hang around in the system for a long time. Um, and those are the real headaches, you know, to deal with the, the chronic infections and, and mold and mycotoxins. But um, the other uh, biological factors that might be easier to remove would just be general toxicity, and that's just understanding the environment and knowing how to detox. Um, but, you know, I think, sadly, sometimes it's the social stresses that's so much harder to address because um, the fact is, you know, we get married to the wrong people, get into wrong jobs, um, have lots of kids that make us sleep deprived uh, and just get, like, yeah, it's tough. It's a, it's can be a real tough life when we get into needing to pay for two mortgages and three college educations and all that, and people are working so hard. So, yeah, social stress is massive, yeah. Where's that fairy tale, you know, the, the fairy tales? It's not part of that scripture, is it really? It's at the end of the journey, it's there. That's when you look right. back, yes, that's right, exactly, after all the yeah. all the uh, inputs and hard work. Very good call, Christabel. Now, look, when we look at... I mean, your practice, you've got a host of different practitioners in your practice. So when we look at, say, the topic of headaches and the fact that you've described already with some of the, the etiological agents, some of the causative agents, and some of the contributory agents, there'd be so many things you can do, but then there's other things that other practitioners, practitioners could do as well. What, how do you use it and manage it in your practice with headaches and certain practitioners and, and, and uh, co-managing cases? Mm. Um, well, I think especially when you have a complex case, you said the key word, which is co-managing um, and discussing cases and having the chance to, you know, um, 
brainstorm complex patients together with different modalities. So the reason why I have a range of practitioners in, in our team is because everybody's so different and the nervous system is so complex and then, you know, there are also different roads to roam, I think. But a, a big emphasis that I'm really keen on because I am myself not trained in this is the structure and function aspect of the nervous system. And I, obviously, I think in your community, you have people already experts at that. Um, and, um, and I'm sure you'll be talking a lot about that at your um, workshop. But that's why I work with chiropractors and osteopaths. So we got a um, couple of osteopaths, I got chiropractors really looking at the structural functional side. But then also down to the more um, neurophysiology side, you know, breathing therapy and addressing the core physiological inhibitions to some of the fundamental cellular pathways. Like if someone is um, hyperventilating and has hypocapnia, that's just a massive block to any cellular repair, um, you know, causes so much metabolic um, acidosis and alters all the, the calcium, you know, signaling and cell membranes and all that, those neuroexcitatory pathways. It's just so much worse. Nothing really can get better if that's not addressed. Um, so so we really have that as some core, um, yeah, um, approaches to anything nervous system. And then other therapies like acupuncture are a bit more subtle. Uh, some people need that sort of subtle level and really does help. And then otherwise, lots of ways of detoxification like colonic hydrotherapy, nutritional therapy, intravenous nutrients if necessary. So that's, yeah, nice eclectic collection of practitioners. It's really because our nervous system is so interesting <laughs> that's right and look from from hearing this i suppose do most new patients come through yourself and then you triage out or not necessarily does it work like that um i well a lot of a lot of patients will will come through me and triage uh, through me um and i suppose that's because i think you know especially when people have been through the medical system and gone through the ringer um, I've seen like dozens of specialists and doctors and um, and then just have a very medical model approach. Um, and I think people in our community, like you guys and other people, we just know that <laughs> that's not how the nervous system works. Like, um, you know, big respect to ne neurologists and everything, but we all know that there's so... They're so limited in what they can do on a therapeutic level. They're so clever with um, diagnoses and investigations. Um, maybe not as clever as, you know, all of the generation of functional neurologists that came from Ted Carrick, but still, um, but still, you know, <laughs> very, um, very helpful, but not helpful on the therapeutic level. And so I think that patients really, um, appreciate when I help them tie together how things basically are hung together um, from the nervous system point of view, from like the structure to the cellular and the biochemistry and all the way up through the energetic and all and, you know, the autonomic nervous system to the kind of um, 
you know, polyvagal theories and social nervous system and, you know, all the interoception and sensory pathways. And so um, no one ever hears that from a doctor, you know, and, um, and, and when they understand that, then it makes much more sense to go and see these other, work with other modalities once, well, it's not like I have to just get the medical site straightened out, but at least make sure a minimum is done or at least some of the hierarchy aspects of people's metabolism is at least under reasonable control then doing all these other therapies help uh, uh, Bianca I've just got to share with you with Krista Bell I mean last year we had well it was actually earlier this year we had uh, Dr. Brandon Brock come out and speak and on the Monday of uh, both weekends we had live cases and um, in Sydney we had Christabel come in and we had the practitioner with the patient and right. uh, it was fascinating on the Monday. And in Sydney, Christabel was there. And I think really, Christabel, you probably could have had all your patients there. You had, I think, about at least uh, four to five, I think, of your patients there. And yeah. and it was a fascinating exercise for, for our uh, delegates to watch Christabel deal with, with these cases that were so complicated that the patients that have gone through the complete mill been to all the different specialists and you know one of the most beautiful things to see was the connection between Christabel and just the patient they really just really respected her because of the hard work that she has done to try and find out these really difficult problems and 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 trying to determine what the problems are because they're multifactorial multi-etiological um and often the medical system because of the sort of separation in different different elements apart from say different interventions haven't been able to get sort of a grasp of it it was really some the feedback from delegates were, were amazing i know brandon was was fascinated too and really enjoyed working with you on uh with those cases christabel it's it was it was terrific so we it's not only just her side of her knowledge here but her humanistic side is you know coming through beautifully don't you think <laughs> I, I, and i think christabel like it's the only way isn't it to to be able to support a patient and for them to be able to trust you in 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 that support, that's a, mm. so much a part of the healing process. Mm. And I think it probably comes down to the fact that, you know, when you see a lot of brain-injured patients, because um, I see a few, then, um, well, <laughs> you have to go right back to basics like um, addressing not treating them as a baby as such, but really doing doing what's necessary for the hierarchy of the nervous system, and that's just the basic care. Like you can't put the cart before the horse, and you know, like if someone is reacting to things and they're real have such major vestibular dysautonomia, then they can't take drugs and they can't even take supplements and they can't swallow herbs, and um, yeah, so you have to kind of backtrack quite a bit. I guess that's what I do. Right, very good. So so what would you say, Christabel, to a practitioner or a patient who's struggling to resolve a headache problem? Um, I would say, well, our bodies are built to heal. All we need to do is find out what's blocking it. Um, And then often sometimes it's more than one thing uh, because once – uh, the inflammation or the microglial activation is triggered so many different triggers and just keep going down those same vicious cycle of pathways. So you have to look after as many factors as possible yeah. and never give up. 
And I think certainly we see that with those patients who uh, brought this year as well, that sort of never give up attitude. Fantastic. So if we go towards the Neurology Education Seminar, you're going to be presenting a clinical case. What what made you choose this case and how do you see this sort of work fitting with the other presenters at the seminar? Uh, well, I chose this case because she's got um, so many uh, related things to headache and uh, we started off with um, knowing that um, she had was diagnosed with celiac and continued to have a lot of gut issues and then wasn't eating quite right for a malabsorbing, underweight, you know, celiac lady. And then she was going into menopause and had all these hormonal deficiencies. And then she also had has chemical and environmental sensitivities, you know, sens- sensory uh, reactions to, yeah, smells and and light and sound and then doing working on the computer all day and so so many little things like teaching her how to um, protect her eyes from blue light to you know looking after emfs and all of that and then also discovering that she was a hyperventilator with low co2 and then of course she had has she has allodynia um, and vestibular dysfunction and had um, had one or two small head knocks and, you know, probably mild traumatic brain injury. So she has also worked with a um, functional neurologist. So so she just had has a whole lot. So I thought she'd be a good case for everyone. <laughs> I think when we talk about physical, environmental, biological and social factors, I think she's uh, <laughs> uh, a collection of all that put together by the sounds of it, Christabel. Yeah. <laughs> Terrific. Well, we look forward in March next year to uh, seeing you review this case. Now, it's come to the, the part of the podcast, Christabel, we ask our talent about an inspirational moment, something that's uh, motivated them to a higher level that perhaps our, our listeners from Backchat would be uh, interested in hearing. Can you share with us something from your perspective? Uh, well, uh, I don't think I have, like, just a one incident um, and not really maybe one pivotal experience, but I think it's just this, um this really uh background inspiring uh full of wonder thing that you know it's just fascinating to understand how the body functions and how it can heal and and then especially when we honor the laws of nature and the hierarchy of the nervous system um i think that would yeah that's probably um what just inspires me the most when we can learn from from teachers that teaches that um so there's so many hierarchies from the structure to the function to you know to the um developmental relational um human side of us and all of that is just it's just great look i mean it looks like you've had a curiosity probably for your whole life and it just continues in your career yeah definitely brilliant <laughs> Christabel, to finish up the show, could you share with us perhaps three take-home messages that our listeners could use? Uh, oh, sure. So I think um, maybe a lot of people have like external call to actions, go and do this and go and do that. Or, so I, I'm going to make um, internal calls <laughs> to action. So um, I think first one, I think just be okay with the realization that 
our bodies and nervous systems are as complex as they are and take the time and, and wonder in understanding the challenge of all of this. Um, because I think maybe a lot of your um, practitioners are sort of getting through those crazy uh, functional neurology <laughs> modules <laughs> and, <laughs> and pulling their hair out and maybe yep. dropping out. Please, please don't drop out. Please keep <laughs> going because we need practitioners like you. Um, and, yeah. And then number two, never stop learning and, and um, listen with all your interoception receptors wide open. <laughs> and um, and then number three, maybe if you don't know or haven't experienced enough about interoception, then go and explore this yourself <laughs> and understand your own neurobiological self. Fantastic. Very sound advice there, Christabel. Very good, very good. <laughs> now, if you want to... Uh, see Christabel as a patient. You can book uh, online on via her website, genbiome.nextpracticehealth.com. So genbiome.nextpracticehealth.com. If you want to check the website out, if you've got any particular questions, I'm sure there'll be uh, contact us details on there and Christabel will come back to you. If you want to actually hear Christabel speak, as we alluded to earlier, she's one of our key presenters on the Sunday for Neurology Education for the Integrative Therapies for Headache and Migraine from the 1st to the 3rd of March 2019 at CQU at 400 Kent Street in Sydney with all details at www.neurologiceducation.com.au. So we will look forward to seeing you again there, Carlo and myself, uh, at that next seminar series. Hey, Bianca, what do you think? Oh, I, I love what you're talking about, Christabel, and I really think when I think about a you know, physical, chemical, emotional component that we talk about with chiropractic, we really need to be well-rounded practitioners and really looking at um, our own biology. I like that as well <laughs> as practitioners <laughs> serving our, our communities. Let's make sure we're functioning the best we can also. Mm. Yeah, that's fantastic advice. Okay, Christabel, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I look forward to seeing you guys in March. Terrific. Likewise. Thank you for listening to Backchat. To stay abreast with updates on Backchat, please go to our Facebook page, www.facebook.com forward slash Backchat podcast. Or rather than website, links of today's podcast will be on our Backchat podcast Facebook page. If you like the show, please leave a five-star rating on iTunes. We leave you with one thought. Be the best at what you do, and you will grow and inspire others around you. We look forward to catching up with you on our next Backchat podcast. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.